Hello. Hi there, it's Comedy. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm glad to hear that. You ready for the holidays? I'm ready. Is my spouse ready is another question. Uh, uh-oh, that's <laughs> definitely, I don't know. Well, because I took on all the gifts and he said, don't worry, Comedy. I have the stockings. Well, he is out shopping right now. <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am here recording this with you. So that tells you what where we all are (laughs) i totally understand (laughs) so before we start i just want to say thank you for accepting my invitation i really appreciate it thanks for the invitation no problem no problem at all so your first topic is how do we become our self-leader i can do that Hello? Sorry, sorry. my AirPods un- unconnected me for a second there. Can you hear me okay? Now I can hear you. Okay, okay. Um, so how do we become our own self-leader? Well, do you want me to just dive right in? Go for it. All right. Uh, in order to become our own self-leader, it really requires us to solidify that relationship with ourself. And what does that mean? That means understanding what our needs and wants are. Many times in life, we spend so much of our days and our times worrying about pleasing others or are they happy with us or are we fitting in? Do we belong? All of those false beliefs that somehow shape how we're showing up and what ends up happening is we lose sight of what we're feeling and what we need. And those are the two very important questions to ask ourselves. So if we're gonna really become our own self-leader, it's about re-anchoring and realigning with what our value system are, what our core beliefs are, understanding what we feel and what we need. And from that place, we can, we can enter into relationships with others with a solid foundation of who we are. That's definitely important because you need to have self-identity. You need to know who you are before you deal with any other interaction with any other person. Absolutely. And what happens is, is we think, oh, I'll find my mate and they will fill in those holes. And what ends up happening is we end up becoming codependent in the process of that because we're looking to the other person to make us whole versus being that complete person on our own, knowing who we are, knowing what we need uh, to complement us rather than to complete us. Exactly. I always feel like the best relationships are the ones where not only you know yourself, but you know your partner, too. Like you got to be able to have balance and you just can't go into a relationship like you said, looking for somebody to fix you. You got to be willing and able to want to help and fix yourself first. Absolutely. It's the the idea is to move towards interdependent relationships. Right. Where we we can be um, we can have the us, but each one, each person in the relationship is still their own identifiable person. Exactly. Exactly. And that will make a relationship go farther in life as well, too. Definitely. Absolutely. So your next topic is how do you regain confidence as a new mother? Who? That's a, that's a great question because I, I'm a mom times five. Um, okay. 
And so I, I feel like I feel like I can definitely talk towards this one because it's it's not easy for new moms. I think what happens is, especially for the first time moms, uh, we you know, we're carrying this baby. We're, we're even, even those who have adopted, you know, all of a sudden we're thrust into this world of, I now have to think about and worry about somebody else. It's not just about me. And in terms of building confidence, the very first thing that we have to do, it goes back to what I said originally being a self leader. It's about the relationship with self, remembering to identify what our feelings and needs are and learning how to communicate them because as new moms, it's a very vulnerable moment in time where we're, we are trying to balance this new role that we're taking on. But it's very important for moms to recognize that that's not mom is just a role. It's not a full identity. And so when we are thinking about um, showing up in this new role as a, as a mom, there will be times where we don't have all the answers and that's okay. We can ask for support and we can ask for help. It's the, the moments that we think that we have to know it all that actually uh, hits, it, it takes, it almost stabs at our self-esteem and self-confidence because we think that we're supposed to know exactly how things work or exactly why our baby is crying. And the truth is we're going to learn um, as it goes. And it's about self-trust and recognizing that each and every day we're going to show up and we're going to do the best that we can. And that is perfect. There is no actual perfect the best that we can do is perfect. If that makes sense. It totally does. And it also is very difficult being a new mother when you do not only have five kids, but you have five different relationships with them. Like you love them all as a whole, but you know, they have different personalities. So. Oh my gosh. Yes. And it's giving yourself the grace to know that it's okay to have a different relationship with each one of them, that it's not going to be the same. And that, that goes back to your question of like, how do you build confidence as a mom? It's recognizing that um, you're going to do it differently with each one of them because there is this, um, they do have different personalities. They do have different ways that they communicate or they react to you or that you react to them. And it's giving yourself the, the compassion and the grace to manage that uh, as it comes. Exactly. Because I have two boys, but they have different personalities. <laughs> how old are your boys? Nine and five. Okay. Yep. <laughs> different personalities in different stages, right? Absolutely. What they're going through. Mm -hmm. But they add so much older than their age. <laughs> of course they do. They're like, you know, going on 30. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like 50, really. <laughs> oh, man. Raising kids these days is totally different than it was, what, 20, 30 years ago. Things that my kids are dealing with is completely different. So my kids range in age from 20 down to eight. And even the difference between what my 20 year old experienced and now what my eight year old is going through is totally different. Right. And just the conversations we're having are most definitely different. <laughs> Absolutely. They're personalities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <yep. sighs> All we can do is try our best and just take it one day at a time. Exactly. exactly. And know that what we're doing, you know, and I talk about that a lot with my clients is we have this tendency to judge ourselves for choices that we made in the past. Or, you know, as a mom, I, I can look back and say, oh my gosh, I should have done it this way. You know, the truth is maybe I've learned something and that's great if we can learn from the situation, but it's also important for us not to judge ourselves for choices we made in the past with the information we had at that time. You know, that version of us 
did the best he or she could with whatever information we had at that time. And, you know, yes, we always learn and try to grow from experiences, but to judge that decision is slightly unfair. Exactly. You definitely can't do that. You don't, you already go under enough pressure as it is. You don't want to put any more on you. Exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're hardworking mother and you got help raise all five of them. So it's a tough balancing act. So absolutely. So your next topic is what is self-compassion? Ah, I love talking about self-compassion. Self-compassion is uh, kindness over judgment, right? So self-kindness over judgment, what does that mean? That means if something doesn't go the way that we wanted it to go, instead of immediately going into judgment of self, oh my gosh, I'm so stupid, I, I should have known better, um, I'm an idiot, all of the things that we love to say to ourselves, it's to be kind and to say, huh, okay, that didn't go the way I wanted it to. What did I learn? How did I grow from this? It's basically what we would say to our best friend or a loved one. We are so, it's so easy for us to be more compassionate to others. It's about offering ourselves that same kindness. And the second pillar there of self-compassion is um, recognizing that we are part of common humanity. It's the difference between isolation and common humanity. And what that means is other people have had similar experiences. We're not going into this alone. We're not alone. And it's about finding those people that we feel uh, safe to be vulnerable with and asking for support when we need it and to recognize that we can learn from how other people have it. they're not going to have the same exact experience as us because the truth is our our thoughts create our own reality so how we experience something is not going to be the exact same as someone else's but they'll be similar and so we can lean on others and say how did you handle you know xyz situation and we can learn from them and recognize that we're not the only ones going through it and then that third part of self-compassion is being in the present moment so often we get stuck ruminating on the past and thinking about what we should have done and how we were wrong to do it. And we were, we have to recognize as we can't go back and undo the past. It's about growing from it, learning from it, and then also um, not future tripping and worrying about every single thing about what's going to happen in the future. It's about being in this present moment, being um, engaged in your in your life as it is today. It's very true. I think a lot of people have a trope to have issues with worrying about things that are not in their control Mm -hmm. instead of worrying about the things that are in your control. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So often we worry about all the things, you know, we want to control. I I joke about this, but I want to control all the things. And the truth is we don't, we don't have control over many of the things. We don't even have control over certain events that happen. They happen and they occur. What we have control over is how we choose to respond to it. That's very true. That's why you got to sit down and just assess every situation separately for what it is and then make your decision and then move forward. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Because I think oftentimes people rush too quickly making decisions and then things start backfiring. And they wonder why, like, well, you didn't think it through. <laughs> Right. It's very true. A lot of times we make decisions from that emotional disempowered place, right? Where, where we might be stuck in a negative thought cycle or, or, um, you know, disempowered thoughts about self maybe, or just that feeling of, um, maybe from even that space of I'm not good enough or I'm unlovable. And we make choices from that space. 
And what ends up happening is, is exactly what you said. It seems to just kind of get worse and worse and worse versus if we slow down, get in the present moment, figure out, get curious about what's happening, how we're feeling, identifying what we need, figuring all of that out first, and then stepping into a more empowered place a, a place of, um, that's less reactive and more generative, we actually will make the decisions that serve us better. Exactly. It's best to take your time doing things. Mm-hmm. You're not on anyone's timetable. <laughs> no, you make your own timetable. It's up to you. You get one life, you control it. Yes. Yep. Yep. So your next topic we've been talking about, actually, what is the difference between codependency and interdependency? Ah, codependency is, you know, almost that loss of one's identity. identity. It's, it's where we, we tend to lose the ability to identify our own needs and wants and deference to somebody else's. A lot of times in codependent relationships, some one person will overfunction, overgive, in an effort to um, really almost prove their worth to the other person, or at least uh, try to fix things or to, again, control things. Um, a lot of times in codependent relationships, we'll see a lot of people pleasers end up in those relationships because they're just trying so hard to make the other person happy, uh, not realizing that it's not their responsibility to make somebody happy. Uh, we can only contribute to somebody's happiness. We, we're not res- ultimately responsible for it. Um, and a lot of times in codependent relationships that there's this loss of self, you know, who am I, what do I even want and need? Uh, so when we, when we look towards interdependent relationships, it's about really knowing who each individual is in the relationship, each person having their own needs, wants, desires, uh, fully named and recognized, um, feeling like each person can contribute their thoughts and ideas to the relationship, knowing that each person is their own person and also having that overlapping place where there is the us, there's the things that we do depend on each other for, or that we, we do together. Right. So, and again, it's complementary. It's not filling each other up. It's complementing one or another. Right. It's very true. It's best to always be on the same page. And when one is down, it's up to the other person to lift the other one up. Yes. Yes. Yep. Lift each other up, support one another, respect one another. However, if we look to the other person to, again, go going back to this making us happy. If we're looking to the other person to make us happy, that should be an indicator that something is off. We, each individual, one of us is responsible for our own happiness. It's about can that partner contribute to our happiness? Exactly. If you can't make your own self happy, then who can? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if it's always external to you, when that external, if that external force is no longer available to you, then that means that you're no longer able to be happy. It has to be an intrinsic, an intrinsic thing. Exactly. You got to do it internally and then expand it externally. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So your next topic is how does shame and guilt affect us? Oh, shame and guilt. So shame is there's something wrong with me. That's really the ultimate idea behind shame is that there's something you know fundamentally wrong with me. Guilt is I've done something wrong. I'm, I need to apologize for it. 
both of those have a, an effect on how we show up and especially in relationships to others, but also how we are able to move forward in our own lives, whether professionally or personally, because what happens is we're making ourselves bad or wrong, which contributes to the false belief that maybe we're not good enough, we're unworthy, we don't belong. And when we have those beliefs about ourselves, it's very difficult for us to see um, you know, what we can bring to the table because our self-esteem, self-confidence, our self-leadership is non-existent. And so it's really important when we are dealing with guilt and shame that we find ways to release it and to recognize what's the true story. You know, for guilt, have I actually done something wrong where I feel like I need to apologize? If the answer is yes, then we take, we take responsibility and we apologize. If we're guilting ourselves because of a decision we made that didn't necessarily turn out the way that we wanted it to, we can ask ourselves, well, what did I learn from this? And if we're able to take that lesson and move forward and grow from it, we can release the idea that, that we've done something wrong. Um, and in terms of shame, we have to bring those things to the light. You know, those moments where we, we're saying that there's some, something fundamentally wrong with us, we need to challenge it and say, is that actually true? And recognize that we are right beings as we are. We do have growth. All of us continue to grow and evolve on a daily basis. And as long as we're continuing to live into that, it's about recognizing that things in life are happening for us and not to us. And we can continue to, to move forward. Um, even in the most challenging times, we look for the one right thing. And from that right thing, we continue to grow and expand. Exactly. As I always say, you got to go through the bad stuff to get to the good. <laughs> That's a nice way to say it. I always say we have to go through the ick to get to the, the other side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right too. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> very profound of me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How else do you expect to learn and grow in life if you don't go through any bad times in life? I mean, it, it is. It, we this analogy has been used so often, but it is that you know to. The butterfly doesn't become the butterfly. The butterfly starts off as a caterpillar, goes through a very icky stage. It's icky, icky, icky. And then suddenly they expand out, the cocoon expands, and you, you see this beautiful butterfly, right? And it's analogy used over and over again, but it's true. And it's true yep. because we grow through even the, the ickiness. <laughs> <laughs> Things can get very sticky, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So your next topic is what is your definition of relationship? Oh, toxic relationships can take many forms. I believe that um, toxic relationships, when somebody, when one person feels like they are continually walking on eggshells around the other person. So this can be romantic relationships. This can be familial. This can be workplace relationships. We can have toxic relationships in friendships. So when one person feels like they have to walk on eggshells or are fearful about being their, their true self with the other person, that to me indicates toxicity. Very true. Sometimes it takes a person to recognize that they're in a toxic relationship longer than others. Yeah, there's no time frame. I mean, to, to again, it, it's, it's awareness and, and awareness is the doorway to change. Right. And so we can't change anything if we're not aware of it. And especially in relationships, it can be very difficult to recognize because 
a lot of us want to see the good in the other person. So a lot of times when we're in a relationship, we almost, um, we don't notice it. We, we kind of give it a pass. And we only after a certain amount of time can start to notice, well, gosh, I don't really feel good about myself anymore. And that that's an indicator that something's off. When we start doubting ourselves or we start feeling not, we start feeling um, inadequate, those are really good indicators that something is not right. That's right. You always got to pay attention to the signs. The majority of the time, the signs are right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your next topic is what does the process look like of healing after a breakup? The process of healing after a breakup looks different for each person, but the, the, the bottom line is, is and this went back, goes back all the way to the very first thing that we talked about, which is the relationship with self. So yes. after a breakup, it is about realigning with who we are making, you know, kind of doing that, that recognition of what was my part in the relationship because a relationship is always two people doing a dance together and so yes one person let's take toxic relationships we could look at one of the people in that relationship and say even if they were 97 percent at fault for how they showed up they were very toxic maybe very narcissistic there's still that three percent that's our part so when we're healing from a breakup it's about recognizing okay what was my part in it not to judge So now we're talking about self-compassion. So it's not about judging. It's about learning from and growing from and being able to say, oh, wow, in that relationship, how I showed up contributed to this dynamic and that dynamic was not healthy for the long run, hence the breakup. So it's about consciously understanding where we, where and how we showed up in the relationship so we can grow from it. It's also about recognizing what you've taken from that relationship, what good, you know, it's not always about just you know, the bad and what went wrong. It's also about these are the things that came out of that relationship that I can actually be grateful for because gratitude is a huge way that we can heal when we can find ways to be grateful. So that's part of it as well. So there's these elements of recognizing what was our part, you know, what patterns may have shown up that I want to address. And then what did come out of this relationship that I might be able to be grateful for? Because even in the most challenging times, you, you and I just talked about this, even in the ick, there's something that we can recognize as a way that we're growing and, and can expand from. And that's truly how we can start healing from a breakup because there's going to be grief. You know, at the end of a relationship, there's going to be grief. So giving yourself the time to go through those stages of grief and also those other steps that I just mentioned. Exactly. You definitely need time to heal. And I feel like even from, a bad relationship i feel like there's always something you something for you to learn mm-hmm. it's always a learning experience yes yes it may not have been a fun way to learn it no but there's always a learning experience no it taught you don't i don't want to go through this experience again <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly exactly <laughs> not again <laughs> you only get one life you don't want to go through relationships that are bad over and over and over again it can be very draining that's a great point because, you know, a lot of times I'll work with people and they'll say, I just keep repeating the same pattern in my relationships. And that's why I say after a breakup, the one thing that we can do to really help ourselves heal is to understand how we showed up in that relationship, what worked and what didn't work, because then that's how we can start figuring out what patterns serve us and which ones do not. Amen to that. So your next topic is, 
How did you make the transformation from pleasing others to caring about yourself? Well, the truth is I still have moments where I catch myself pleasing others. And the other truth is I'm much more aware of it and can, can intervene when I do that. Because I think a lot of times it's just part of our personality. Um, but I will say that my biggest transformation or my catalyst for me was actually my children because I saw my kids starting to emulate those behaviors and recognizing that they were unhealthy for them. Yes. So when I was able to see that behavior mirrored, right, I could, I could do the acknowledgement, that awareness. So I said awareness is a doorway to change. I became aware of it, accepted and acknowledged that that's how I was showing up and then started making commitments to myself. And those commitments really are about checking in with myself. Am I saying yes to this because I want to or because I think I should, right? That's a really important question. Or, you know, am I, if I say yes to this or um, agree to this, am I giving up my own need that is, that I have at the same time? So it's also being aware of what my needs are and making sure that they're, they're part of my consciousness and my conscious mind. And I'm not just automatically doing things and recognizing that, again, we go back to what I said before. I'm not responsible for somebody's happiness. I can contribute to it, but ultimately it's got to be theirs. And really, really embracing that thought and that distinction between contributing to and being responsible for. Exactly. You got to be responsible for your happiness. Mm-hmm. And okay. I'm glad you recognized what you were doing and you're working on and changing, going to the opposite direction, more caring about yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, and it, because it is, it's like, it's the relationship with self. And the truth is it's an ever evolving. I don't, you know, I would love to say that, oh yeah, I'm done, but I don't, I, I think that it, then there's nothing left to learn. And I, I do believe in consistently growing, evolving and learning. So I don't think it's an, it, we're ever totally done. I think that we're like onions. We get to a layer and we peel it and we, we work on it. And then suddenly we see some, a new layer. <laughs> <laughs> that cool. makes us complex, wonderful that. beings. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about pulling that onion back one at a time. <laughs> so your final question is, what made you want to start writing books? I didn't set out to write books, actually. Okay. I, um, so I, I started off in the business world, um, went through this self-transformation as well as the work that I was doing in my business world kind of combined to led me to really, um, running my coaching practice and working with people one-on-one through that process. A lot of the work that I do, I use a lot of analogies for instance. And so I just started writing some of those down and analogies from everyday life. And that led me into this process of, of sharing those with others saying, you know what, let me go ahead and and publish this and put this out there for others because maybe they'll get something out of it. So it wasn't, I I never actually sat down and said, I'm ready to write a book. It kind of just happened naturally for me. Now, having said that, uh, there's definitely some thoughts percolating in my mind about certain books that I might want to write at some point. Um, Just haven't gotten there yet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you do have a busy schedule, so I understand I'm finding watching, time I'm, to talk. I'm, wa- I'm launching a couple kids still, so. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, maybe after that, I might have some time to write something. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
at this point of the podcast, I usually turn it over to my guests and you can ask me any question that you want. Oh my gosh. Um, well, what do you, what do you think is the, um, what would be your definition of a healthy relationship? One where you can sit down and talk with your partner about anything, no matter what the situation is, because I feel like a lot of times in relationships, either one or both are afraid to approach the other one and express their thoughts and feelings about something, a fear of them not wanting to listen to what they have to say or being rejected. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's one of the major issues. So also it's about what we've been talking about too, being self aware of our own issues and creating our own happiness too. So when you're happy and your partner's happy, you can bring the two happiness together as one. Love it. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) What has been the most challenging, what's been the most challenging thing about being a parent? Oh man, because when I grew up, the time I grew up, it was just a different time period. Things were much more simpler. Technology wasn't so far advanced as it is now. Mm -hmm. Um, Kids these days, like I said, they just grow up so fast. They had their, so independent their minds are moving 100 miles an hour man they ask so many questions so it's just keeping up with them because they're like i said they're getting older it's like time's flying by and i always tell them to enjoy your childhood while you can because they already want to go to work and get jobs and buy their own toys and stuff like that i'm like oh my lord (laughs) oh my gosh i totally resonate with that I'm like, slow down. I only get a chance to this childhood one time. Just slow down, please. Yes, yes. My eight-year-old said something very similar recently about wanting to just grow up. And I'm like, no, enjoy this. Enjoy it now. Enjoy the present. (laughs) I try to tell him, like, once childhood is over and you get to teenage years and older, I'm like, look, it's over. You can't go back now. You got responsibilities. You got to pay bills the whole nine. Exactly. Exactly. My 20-year-old is figuring that out now. <laughs> yeah, I try to tell them this early in life. I'm like, you're going to have a lot of responsibility when you get older. I'm like, please just enjoy your childhood. All you got to focus on is going to school, having good grades, playing with your toys, making sure your bed is made, like just putting laundry away, simple stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Because <laughs> I oh. told them like, being an adult is hard, man. There's a lot of responsibilities. Not, there's no easy button. <laughs> you can't, there's no easy or reset button. This is life is not a video game. You can't just start over again. Once you're alive, you got you only get one life. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So is there anything you would like to promote? to the listeners you got anything coming up any new books first per se any other things you got going on well but i i do have something new that's coming up in 22 um i so so far i've only had one-to-one coaching and what i'm looking to do in the new year is to offer a very small intimate group program for those who aren't able to invest in the the higher end one-to-one coaching so I'm hoping to launch that um, either mid-January or February. Uh, it'll be limited to six people uh, at a time, but we'll have a small intimate group uh, coaching available to people. 
All right. Sounds excellent. Sounds excellent. Is there a holiday message you would like to say to your family, friends, or anything you would like to say? Oh, well, I just, I, I want to just let my family know how much I love them and appreciate them. Um, and to everybody, wishing everybody happy holidays and a happy new year and really taking, just would encourage everybody to just take some time to sit down, look back at the last 12 months and make a list of things that you're grateful for about yourself, about yourself and how, who you are and how you showed up over the course of the last year. Well, there you have it, guys. Make sure you follow her. Do you have any social media um, links you want to share with people for, to follow you at? Well, my website is comedywood.com. And then for social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest all have the handle It's Authentic Me. All right. Sounds good. Make sure y'all follow her now. Quick, before she <laughs> blows up. Hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> so i just want to say thank you once again for coming on to my podcast i appreciate it so much it was an honor thank you so much thank you thank you i appreciate it you're welcome happy holidays and don't let the kids run you ragged too much <laughs> you either <laughs> take care thanks again you too take care bye-bye <laughs>